Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's been mayhem in Melbourne with demonstrators going head-to-head with police for a second consecutive weekend, demanding an end to the lockdown. Live now to our team of reporters, first to Nathan Templeton, who's at the Queen Victoria Markets in Melbourne. Nathan, protesters are vowing to rally again. Yes, Nat, these activists say they'll do it all again next weekend, despite that show of force from riot police who arrested 74 people yesterday. Chaos at the Queen Vic Market. This is so scary. Sunday shoppers caught up in the middle of mayhem. We were scared because we didn't know what was going on or we didn't know what to do. Riot police moved in on protesters, arresting anyone who refused to give their name and address and a valid reason to be out. Dozens were arrested and more than 170 fines issued on the second weekend of so-called freedom walks against the city's strict stage four lockdown. This is just an illusion of power. And in a separate confrontation... What the f*** are you doing? What the f*** are you doing? Police dragged Natalie Bonner from her car after she repeatedly refused to hand over her licence. I just thought, I'm going to die Yeah, Like, this is scary, right? It all started when an officer questioned the 29-year-old about the phone holder on her windscreen. It wasn't like a, you know, a stubborn, like, I'm not going to hand over my licence. It was more just like I just didn't want to deal with him. It came across as very stubborn in the video. Police have defended their actions, with Ms Bonner expected to be charged with a number of offences, including resisting arrest and driving with obscured vision. Now, Natalie probably didn't think through what she was doing because the reality is the law is crystal clear. If a police officer asks you your name and your address when you're driving a car, you have to comply. That's the law. And the use of force by Victoria Police is again under the microscope after this video emerged of an officer appearing to kick a man in the head during an arrest at Epping. And in an interesting development, Premier Daniel Andrews has confirmed he will appear at the hotel quarantine inquiry next Wednesday. That is going to be fascinating to watch, Nat. Yes, won't it? OK, let's go to Nathan Curry, who's also in Melbourne. There's some good news for struggling businesses. 
Now, the Premier has announced $3 billion to help them out and how it's going to work is small to medium businesses will be able to apply for cash grants of $10,000, and $20,000. The payroll tax has also been deferred for a full financial year and the landfill and congestion levies have been put off as well. There's a few little wins with some restrictions easing as well overnight. The curfew has been pushed back by an hour to 9pm. We're now allowed to exercise outside for two hours a day. Playgrounds have reopened this morning and anyone that lives by themselves is allowed to have one other person over. So plenty of good news but what business leaders are saying is what would really help them is if they're able to reopen before October 26. Nat. Samantha Brett is in Sydney. Sam, the New South Wales Premier has ramped up the war of words with her Queensland counterpart. She certainly has. Nat, good morning. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has called the Queensland border closures unnecessary. She says that it has been really distressing for both sides, not only economically but also psychologically as well. And we've really seen those distressing scenes played out over the past few weeks with people not being able to say goodbye to loved ones, some not even been able to attend a funeral of a loved one. Well, now two of Australia's biggest travel companies, they've come together, both Hello World and Flight Centre to really try and urge the Queensland Government to open the borders as soon as possible. This virus is going to be around for some years. We've got to learn to live with it and we've got to work as one Australia, not, not a whole series of states who all have totally different uh, policies. The situation in WA, the Northern Territory, Tasmania, uh, South Australia and Queensland seems to be largely under control. There are a minimal number of infections there now and uh, I don't see any reason why those borders couldn't be opened up. So those two companies have now joined forces with Qantas and Virgin. They've put together a four-week campaign ahead of the Queensland election, which is due at the end of October. They're trying to do everything they can to get those borders reopened. They say it is vital not only for business, but to get people back to work, Nat. And Tamara Bowes on the Gold Coast. Tamara, we're hearing heartbreaking stories from those who aren't allowed to cross the border. Nat, Victorian woman Helen Dudak is calling on authorities to show some compassion after she was granted an exemption to enter Queensland to care for her dying dad in Brisbane, but her request to quarantine at her parents' home was knocked back. Instead, she was forced into hotel quarantine on Friday and now fears she won't be out in time to say her goodbyes. They're refusing to answer any of my pleas. And the thing is, on my application, they said that they will. there is a... They will review my case, but they haven't. They're refusing to even go down that way. And it's not about me. It's about the whole of Australians just want to be treated fairly. It comes as the Australian Medical Association warns people to back off and leave the Queensland Chief Health Officer alone. Dr Jeanette Young has become the target of relentless online trolls following her recent comments where she admitted she grants admissions for people working in the film and entertainment industry because it brings money into Queensland despite huge community backlash. The AMA says it supports her decision, Nat. OK, thanks, everyone. 74 people have been arrested and at least 176 fined over an anti-lockdown protest in Melbourne that saw violence erupt.
Police clashed with protesters in front of stunned shoppers at the Queen Victoria market. The location for the demonstration had been kept secret until an hour before the event began. And joining us now is Belinda Vitaloni, who runs a family fruit and veggie business at the Queen Victoria market. Belinda, good morning to you. Unbelievable scenes out of Melbourne yesterday at, at that market. Looks like something out of America, not Melbourne. Yeah. How did the protests affect your business? Oh, well, basically, um, we didn't know what was going on. Um, so we had lots of roadblocks and um, we basically just stayed still in our stalls and um, tried to continue operating our businesses. Okay. What did you see? What happened there yesterday? I'm just reading about it here. So yeah. I'm hearing people throwing fruit, police officers, police horses being kicked. What what went on there? Look, to be honest with you, I did hear that fruit was being thrown, but it wasn't something that we witnessed. Um, yet there were there were a lot more police presence, and the police riot squads were out. Um, there were horses out. Yeah, it was. There were a lot of. A lot going on. Were you scared? Oh, we were scared because we didn't know what was going on or we didn't know what to do, so, yeah. So you guys are already struggling with business down there. What did this mean for your business on a, on a Sunday, which I assume would be a fairly good trading day normally? Well, basically, yesterday, we couldn't get any of our deliveries out to our customers. We couldn't get any of our click and collects um, at, for customers to pick up their um, fruit and veg, we had to. Uh, we had a few customers calling us, um, saying that they there was a few roadblocks. What? Why couldn't they get to the market? So yeah, it, it was a big impact yesterday, and we have been struggling big time. Yeah. What did you think, Belinda, of the police response yesterday? Um, look, I think the police did what they had to do. Um, they were the police were quite good because they actually came past once it all had settled down and moved along, they actually came past and checked on us at our stall and asked us if we were okay and um, thank you for staying open. So they, were, they actually were pretty good with us, traders. Mm, that's good to hear. When you saw yeah. the riot police, I mean, we're seeing pictures today, the riot police coming through with shields and walking yeah. through, you know, banana past banana stands. Was it surreal? Yep. Could you believe, like, yes. what did you think? Well, it was, um, yeah, it was just like, we freaked out. We, we didn't know, you know, it, yeah, we, we knew that it was serious. Yeah, sure was. Belinda, yeah, yeah. thanks for your time today. We hope business picks up. We do wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Here's Koshy. Now, Melbourne is taking its first steps out of lockdown today with curfews in the metropolitan area shifting to 9pm. Exercises allowed outside for two hours a day instead of one. Playgrounds are reopening and singles are allowed one nominated visitor. It comes as one of the city's top lawyers declares there's no legal basis for the curfew. So where does that leave Victorians, including those who have been caught by police for breaking the rules? We're joined now live from Melbourne by former Victorian Chief Magistrate Nick Pappas. Nick, good to see you again. Um, what basis morning, does Michael Wiles QC argue that the curfew is not legal? Well, he's, uh, he's an interesting uh, arguer of law. I'm not convinced he's right. The reality is that there's an act which permits these orders to be made, these directions, and as far as I can tell, 
uh, it's law. And I wouldn't want people running around thinking that they can't comply with the curfew at the moment. Look, he might be right. He might have some clever constitutional point. But uh, for the moment, I wouldn't be banking on uh, the law being illegal. OK. So if you were still back in the chair and a Victorian who had been fine came and challenged it, what ruling would you give it? Well, that's a good question. The reality is that each individual case is going to turn on its own facts. And there's actually a defence of reasonable excuse. And so if someone is running late, the car broke down, uh, there's some proper reasonable basis for them not to be complying with the curfew, then that would be what the court's going to take into account. But it really is very much case by case. OK, so you can't make a, a blanket ruling on it. Look, there's been a lot of coverage of Melbourne woman Natalie Bonner being dragged out of her car by police. Let's just have a quick look at that. Nick, do police have the right to take that sort of action? Look, they're entitled to use reasonable force to make someone com uh, comply with the law, follow a lawful direction and so forth. Now, Natalie probably didn't think through what she was doing because the reality is the law is crystal clear. If a police officer asks you your name and your address when you're driving a car, you have to comply. That's the law. So um, if you don't comply, what else can the police do? They have to enforce. Now, we don't know the background. We don't know whether she offered a licence earlier. Uh, we need to be a bit careful about that because that's still before the court. But the fact is, a police officer can use reasonable force. And, of right. course, that also depends on the circumstances. OK. Now, footage has also emerged of another arrest in Melbourne where it appears officers uh, kick a man. Police say the arrest will be investigated. It doesn't look good. Do you think Victorian police need to rethink their actions? Oh, look, I think Victoria Police work in a very difficult environment. Sometimes they uh, go over the line, like all human beings. In the end, you're dealing with provocations and difficulties and decisions being made on the spur of the moment. The reality is the police can use discretion sometimes. And so in the end, uh, what we're hoping for is not to see too much vision of people being attacked or mm. uh, subdued too forcibly. And uh, it looks very ugly. And we need uh, everybody to try and be a bit moderate yep. at the moment. Nick, really appreciate your time. We love having you on. Always plain speaking. Thanks again. See you. Here's that. A Victorian woman is at the centre of the latest heartbreaking case of a family torn apart by border closures. Helen Dudock received an exemption to care for her sick father who lives in Brisbane. But her request to quarantine at her parents' home has been declined by the Queensland Government. Helen has been in hotel quarantine since Friday and fears she may not see her father before he passes away. And Helen Dudock joins me now from her quarantine hotel room. Helen... Good morning and welcome to Sunrise. Um, I have to say first, we asked the Premier and the Chief Health Officer to come on the show and respond to this, to your case, and they both declined. What are the authorities telling you? Well, the same thing has happened to me. They've asked me to put my application through, which I did, to enter Queensland, to enter Queensland quarantine, and that once I come here, I can reapply with a doctor confirming Dad's, sta uh, dad's status, which I have, but they refuse to even review my case. So you're stuck in hotel quarantine. Your parents live in their own home. They're not in hospital at the moment. You live but... on acreage, so there's a very small risk 
that you will have the virus, and I'm, I'm assuming you're being tested in quarantine. What on earth is going... Why can the Queensland government not make exemptions for particular cases like yours? Well, the, the thing is, I've offered, to, I've offered to have a COVID test here. I've offered to have an ankle bracelet that I won't be leaving my parents' place. They live there on their own with my sister, who is a sole carer. Their both parents are 24-hour care. My dad is dying. She's doing it alone. And they have refused to even um, give me the COVID test. They've refused to give me the... They're refusing to answer any of my pleas. And the thing is, on my application, they said that they will... There is a... They will review my case, but they haven't. They're refusing to even go down that way. No. And it's not about me. It's about the whole of Australians just want to be treated fairly, Well, equally. this case is about you, and I cannot understand why you cannot be allowed to see your parents, and I cannot understand why they wouldn't give you a COVID test in quarantine. Um, Helen, just talk us through. You asked authorities... Your, your father is very ill, and I'm sorry to have to talk about this, but you asked authorities what would happen if your dad dies while you're in quarantine. Tell us what the department told you. The department told me that... I am doing the right thing by protecting everyone from the outbreak of COVID, what might happen, and that I'm doing the right thing that in quarantine, should my dad pass away, that that's okay, that's okay because they will hold his body in a morgue and I can arrange the funeral once I come out. And um, that's what I was told. It is unbelievable. It is, it is one of the most heartless things I have ever heard. Helen, I'm so sorry for you. Uh, I hope that some sense comes fast to Queensland Health and that you are allowed out to see your parents. Thank you. Just, just hang it's in all, there. It's all of us Australians. Yeah. Just it, a bit. You're, you're OK? Um, yes. Uh, God is helping me. I'm praying and God is helping all of us. It's, it's, it's not just me. It's, we all need to be treated equally. I'm, I'm very happy to... I appreciate that they're, you know, protecting and that they're doing their very best to keep these numbers low and everything. But there's no-one at my parents' house except for my parents and my sister, who is looking after them day and night, 24-7, completely alone. And when I... When I you know, I'm only asked, I only ask to go there, to be there, to help. So between the two of us, we can look after mum and dad 24-7. Yeah. I have groceries bought to the house. I have their medicines bought. Like, there's no contract. Yeah. It's... I totally get that. I totally get it. Helen, I, just, I, am, I am so sorry. I really... Uh, there's just nothing more we can say, but I hope that some sanity prevails here and that you get to see your dad. Thank you for talking to us today. Thank you, Sam, and thank you, Australia. OK, Koshy. Now, Major Sydney Hospital has seen a 377% increase in domestic violence cases as the side effects of COVID-19 hit home. St Vincent's Hospital treated 43 victims in July compared to nine at the same time a year ago. It comes after the hospital's emergency department completed a trial of a new screening program. It found one in ten patients were in or had been in an abusive relationship. Dr Nikki Woods joins us from St Vincent's in Sydney. Uh, doctor, appreciate your time. What makes a crisis like COVID such a dangerous time for a domestic violence perspective? Oh, I, I think it's multifactorial. Um, more people are working from home, people are homeschooling, um, drug and alcohol use and misuse um, has escalated and we're seeing higher numbers of mental health presentations and I think 
everything together just causes a great deal of stress at home. Um, and unfortunately, we're seeing more domestic violence. Were you, were you, were you surprised by, by the increase in the number of domestic violence patients? I think we expected to see a slight increase, but the, the significance and the degree um, that we have seen has been quite surprising. Yeah. Uh, identifying um, victims isn't as easy as spotting injuries, is it? That's the, the other really big thing. What other things can we look out for right. if friends, relatives or, or neighbours are facing a hostile home environment because of COVID? Um, I think it's it, it's difficult. Um, I think if someone has an injury that doesn't match the mechanism that, of injury, that's a big red flag for us. Um, partners who are slightly overreaching. Um, when we see patients in the emergency department and their partners want to answer all of the questions for them, they won't leave their side, they're slightly overreaching. That concerns us. Um, but really, it's just having, a high, having an index of suspicion and just asking the right yeah. questions at the right time. And simply asking, are you okay? Um, is anyone, is, ev yeah. is everything okay at home? Can be enough. Nikki, great advice. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Victoria has recorded seven more COVID deaths in the past 24 hours, and there have been 35 new coronavirus cases in the state. That is a drop from yesterday. Meantime, some restrictions in Melbourne have been eased overnight. The curfew has been wound back an hour to 9pm, and residents can now spend two hours outside. Joining me now is Deputy Chief Medical Officer Dr Nick Coatesworth. Morning to you. Health Minister Greg Hunt has morning, urged Nat. the Andrews government to redo its roadmap after modellers from the University of Melbourne warned their research had actually been misrepresented. Uh, does it need to be redone? Uh, Nat, the modelling is but a big part of the, the, but a small part of the whole policy, really. Uh, and, and the policy is obviously up to the Andrews government and the, and the chief health officer, uh, Professor Sutton, who did say that they were more than prepared uh, to review as necessary the roadmap as the numbers came in. And those numbers, as you say, still uh, heading in the right direction today with 35 new cases. So I think the important message is uh, that we're there to help Professor Sutton uh, review uh, any, any roadmap or restrictions uh, being lifted. And uh, we have those discussions constantly at the AHPPC. Uh, so we make the right decisions with the data that's available to us. But you've got people protesting in the street. You've got no city except in the world except from Wuhan with worse lockdowns. Uh, people are suffering in all sorts of ways down there. From a medical perspective, uh, do you think, as the Deputy Chief Medical Officer, uh, that this should be reassessed right now? Well, 21 cases uh, were unlinked yesterday, Nat, and that's uh, still too high. New South Wales hasn't dealt with 21 unlinked uh, community cases, and while those mystery cases are still high, uh, unfortunately the restrictions still need to be in place. Uh, and what I can assure you and assure your viewers and assure Victorians is that as those numbers come in on a daily basis, Professor Sutton and his team uh, look at them, interpret them, 
and, uh, and that'll be feeding into their decision making. Uh, so they, they are more than prepared uh, to revise and review uh, based, on, uh, based on new evidence and that's exactly what they'll do. But the light at that end, end of that tunnel is getting bigger by the day. OK, let's go to Queensland. The Chief Health Officer, Dr Jeanette Young, is facing mounting pressure over her strict border measures as more Aussies uh, queue for permission to see their dying relatives, their loved ones here. Does she decide when uh, they should reopen and, and why haven't they? There were zero cases in Queensland yesterday. Well, Nat, it is the responsibility of the Chief Health Officer in every state and territory uh, to oversee these exemption policies, make recommendations uh, to uh, the Cabinet and to the Premier. What I would say, though, is that Jeanette Young is one of our most experienced Chief Health Officers, uh, that whilst passions are high and we understandably need to show um, compassion to these families who, who are having difficulty seeing relatives, but um, the bullying and the trolling that was going on over the weekend of, of Dr Young is not constructive at all. We can have this uh, debate in a constructive, mature way um, and that's what we do with uh, Dr Young on a daily basis and we will, um, we will get to the right outcome that balances COVID and compassion um, if we do that. Yeah, that's obviously terrible but you've just said we're keeping the Melbourne ones in place, all the lockdowns, because there were still too many numbers. There were 23, they're at 30 odd, 30, 40 cases each day but there were zero in Queensland. So shouldn't the borders be open? Well, it's encouraging that there are zero in Queensland. I think the most encouraging thing, Nat, is that their test, trace, isolate system is working just as well as it is in New South Wales. And now that that's been tested, I'm sure that that's going to uh, incorporate, be um, incorporated into their decision-making about uh, when and if it is safe uh, to open the borders. But uh, as, as we said, it is a matter for uh, Dr Young and uh, Premier Palaszczuk uh, to tell us when that's going to happen. Dr Nick Coatesworth, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you.